Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the length, the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Hi, I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett and I designed the Penile Rehabilitation Program to help men recover from prostate cancer. It's an online program built on decades worth of knowledge and experience and practice. It's the only one of its kind in the world and it actually works. So if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and want to get your penis working again as quickly as possible, and why wouldn't you, then visit penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you'll be off and running. And it only takes about 15 minutes a day. All the best with your recovery, which I promise will never be as bad as you think. November 11, 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the cars. Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we have Louise O'Neill, who is the director of Farm Life Life Fitness. Um, She has a Bachelor of Sports Science and she has expert knowledge of human movement. And she started up this amazing online fitness program and community, really, for men and women in rural and remote areas. And so I heard Louise speak last week and I was just really excited to have her on the podcast. And so today, Joe and I'd love to find out more about Farm Life Fitness. Thanks, guys, and uh, thanks heaps for inviting me on. I was really, um, Warren, I had a very good laugh on the way home last week about that night, and then I said I was really excited to come on, so thanks heaps for asking me. Um, Yeah, Farm Life Fitness is, is just about creating a space for anyone in agriculture who feels they need to improve their mental and physical uh, well-being. And we do that through movement mostly, um, but also a lot of talking about mental health and a lot of talking about well-being and what they can do to create uh, a stronger person for themselves and for their family and for businesses in rural life as well. Um, and, yeah, I just love it. It's come from a place place of real personal experience uh, from myself and my husband and everything we went through in farming a few years ago and um, just not wanting anyone else to to go through that and just providing another service for people that live and work rurally because I think that we tend to miss out on those services for our health and well-being because we choose to live and work rurally and I just don't think that should be the case so hopefully I can just be another person that people can turn to um, when they need or are ready to make that change. So are you happy to speak a little bit about your personal experience, about how that 
came about because often the personal story like really leads to how people end up doing what they're doing to help others. Yeah, definitely. And it is, it's a huge part of, of what happens. So, um, and my husband, he doesn't talk about it directly, but he's more than happy for me to, to be the voice. And it was just, uh, basically there was a lot that led up to it. We were farming in the wheat belt. Um, we had a farm there. It was a fifth generation farm and it just felt like we weren't making any progress you know there's a lot of obviously financial pressure that comes with farming um I think sometimes there's this perception that farming is this amazing lifestyle and it's very lucrative and it is an amazing lifestyle but it's not the most lucrative unless you're really lucky or you know you've just found that path and and we hadn't and then I guess what was supposed to be like one of the happiest times of our lives which was when we were maybe a couple of months away from welcoming our first son earthside (laughs) um it 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 all uh yeah it all just fell to pieces we had a machinery breakdown and warren rang me i was at home it wasn't even our home because we couldn't even afford to to build on our own on our own homes in our on our own farm so we were living in someone else's on someone else's farm which is a big kick in the mm. dick I don't know if I can say that sorry <laughs> you can say dick and penis and anything I else did think that. that I was like yeah <laughs> um but yeah he rang me and he said oh, I've just had a breakdown the machinery is broken down he was pulling it back to our place and he had just pulled off into someone else's paddock and I and I said to him you know hang on I'll just come down to uh to grab you and normally I probably wouldn't have done but I don't know what happened that day but something was telling me to to go there and see if he was all right and um at the same time I was very very sick with both my pregnancies and so I really believe looking back now I was struggling with prenatal depression although it was never diagnosed because I didn't know where to go so I was in my own misery as well (laughs) But I still went and I must have been handing him like a packet of chips or a cup or something. And I was looking down and and he wasn't taking this packet of chips. And I was like, why aren't you taking these chips? And I looked up and sometimes I can talk about this okay, sometimes I can't. So yeah. Um, but he was just crying. Mm-hmm. And um I always explain it like it wasn't this movie style like deep sob and and tears running down his face it was just he I don't think he have even had the energy to cry properly Mm. um and you know like I said there was a lot leading up to this we were both going through a lot together and but mainly that farming pressure and and having no one to talk to about our own struggles individually and collectively and and he just looked and he said, like, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I don't know how to pull myself out of this big black hole. Mm-hmm. And I think when you hear your husband say those words, like, you know, you push your own shit aside and and you jump in or you don't jump into the black hole with him because otherwise no one's there to pull you out. But mm-hmm. um, And so we just stood there and and I was crying and he was crying and he he literally dropped to his knees and again it wasn't this movie style dramatic thing it was just dropping to this to his knees and this big fucking piece of machinery that had caused that was the straw that broke the camel's back was right there and 
And that's the image I have of us together in that paddock, like mm. together crying, like, but this big physical thing leaning over us and such a mental thing as well. Like if there was ever a, an analogy or I don't know what you want to call it, but that was it right then. Mm. I can and say. I- understand where you're coming from because I had a very young one-year-old when September 11 hit and um, my daughter's husband my daughter's father was a crayfisherman at the time and it affected us so much and emotionally and mentally it would have been hard enough but having a young baby or in your case one on the way it's you're so much more vulnerable and it's just really difficult oh I can share with that my I had just had my baby he was eight months old and I always went to sleep a little bit early when he did so I could be cold night sleeping. And my husband burst into the room and said, come quick, help, something terrible has happened. And my first thought was my son had died of SIDS. Yeah. Actually, the well tower collapsing in front of him. So we can all remember where we were at that moment too. Mm, that's right. So sorry, I interrupted your story. No, 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 it's fine. But it is, it's that, it, I think it was, it, it was that vulnerability. Um, and, you know, you, you you're literally and physically hit rock bottom. Like, what can you do? You've got to get yourself back up. And and it's hard. And, it, and you know, it didn't change overnight. We've gone through a lot since then, ups and downs. You know, uh, Warren's been diagnosed since with, with ADHD and anxiety, which answers a hell of a lot of questions. Um, I'm doing my own work on myself. So, you know, it never ends and no one's ever perfect. But we are in a much better place. But I think it's still quite raw for us. I don't, you know, I think especially why whenever I tell the story, he goes, I just don't remember it like that. And I, th- and I think, well, I think you kind of blocked a lot out. Like, when, um, when was that exactly? Sorry, just for the time frame? How long ago? So Hamish is now eight. Um, so that would have been maybe, uh, I'm, I'm terrible at dates and I put me on the spot, but I guess, I guess like eight and a half years ago or something yeah yeah I suppose as well you know the other problem with farming having lived a lot in rural areas is that such a big family commitment as well it's like your business is not just your business it's so intertwined with everyone else but I think that was the thing for us as well like I mean Warren's mum and dad um, are and were amazing his mum's passed away but they were lovely and um, we were so lucky to have a very easy successionally planned handover it was you know you couldn't have asked for a more perfect handover and they included me and um, they were they were just ready to let go but Apart from them, we didn't really have any family, right? And I, I'm not—I don't want to play the violin here, but um, we did. We are great friends, but friends that are also farming or who had their own stuff to deal with, and you know, it's not. I couldn't go to people and say, "Oh, you know, I've been feeling really sick and really down." There were days I couldn't even get out of bed. I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, I took it out on Warren. I didn't even want to acknowledge being pregnant <laughs> at all. Um, and he was going through his own things and then we were going through it together and so we were together but so far apart and I think mm-hmm. you just feel more lonely when you don't have that family around you and it is such a time that's what the most it's such a time consuming or people think it's such a time consuming vocation yeah 
So all of that led you to setting up what? So it just, it led me, it didn't just, but um, <laughs> I was working at a physio at the time in the local town of Wheatbelt. It's a great place. Absolutely loved it. I was working as a rehab uh, therapist and also managing the gym. Um, and it, it just, it's, everything seemed to happen at the same time. Like I was, I don't know whether I, I can't say it's an epiphany, but I was watching people come into the physio and they weren't reaching um, their outcomes or they weren't sticking to them. And my view was it's because we weren't paying enough attention to what was going on outside of the physio room, you know, socially, um, psychologically, emotionally. We weren't taking that whole biopsychosocial approach because we couldn't, like you, you don't have enough time to go into everything. And I think that's, where we, we were lacking and, and what I really wanted to do and having been on the other side and seeing was and myself go through what he was going through and but then you you step out and you put on a front which exactly what people were doing when they come into the physio some weren't you know some were, were fine but there's a front and so I just set up Farm Life Fitness which is an online community um where we have a platform for women in rural locations to exercise in the mornings for live workouts and there you know the women can be farmers or they can be the stay-at-home mums or the, the women that wear 95,000 different hats and can't find feel like they can't find 10 seconds to themselves yeah. And so it's just about giving them a place to move and connect with other women. And we have great chats on there and, and stuff. Um, so it's a really lovely place. And they just do exercise every single morning live or they can play it back if they want to, to take the pressure off. How do you actually do that? Are you running that yourself? I laughed before early because I had this image of someone wearing 95,000 <laughs> hats. Not because I, I was thinking no, no. On, a, on a farm wearing a, a farmer's hat. <laughs> Literally. But no, I'm curious about... Only because I looked at doing this a couple of years myself during COVID with um, prostate cancer patients. Yes. And we linked up with a group from NHS called BEAM who started this up with cystic fibrosis. And yeah. it got really close to getting done, but it fell apart because we couldn't have the one provider. And um, Yeah. Yeah, so basically it really came from, so that happened COVID time because at the same time like I was doing face-to-face -face, um, community workouts just in Condon yeah. and Gamaling and still offering online services for one-on-one -on -one coaching personal training and that was just done through Zoom um, yeah. and, and talking and, and everything like that but the classes I was getting such a good uptake with the face-to-face -face. you know I was having like 15 20 mainly women turn up three yeah. days a week consistently for two and a half years and that's incredible in a country town mm, that is huge joe yeah. and i went to gamelling last year and gave a talk Did you? and mm. i recently went to muck and Boudin for their 100th anniversary Mucca. were you there in muck no 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 i wasn't their, I just, their town dance like, they had about 300 yeah. people there yeah <laughs> yeah oh i see you, there's always how you recognize people or, or realize that the connection um but yeah it was candid and mainly and it was it you know it was that um kind of ambiguous time where personal trainers could you be a personal trainer and be outside with COVID and as long as you stood people away and everything and then I was like look I think it's gonna they're gonna call an end quite quickly so I just said and I wasn't willing to to give up what we we had created a family you know we would go out and, and have dinners and stuff like that and celebrate absolutely everything if there was an excuse yeah. to celebrate it would um and so I just said, okay, just join me tomorrow. I'm going to set up a Facebook group really, really quickly. I'll do it tonight. 
and um, then we will just carry on doing exercises. So all you'll need is a mat to start with, doing any equipment, um, and we'll just see how it goes. And then it just it kind of grew from there, like a bit of word of mouth. And then I was thinking, well, there isn't no, there's no reason why we can't expand this out further. Like I can just say this is what we're doing. Um, and that's how it grew. And so it is on Facebook. I'm trying to get away from Facebook and, and go on through my website on a, a training platform. It's just taken a little bit of time to switch everything. So you over. did a live cross from Facebook. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it is, it is really easy. I've just, Facebook can throw a spanner in the work sometimes. Um, and so just to get away from that would be really lovely. It's one less distraction. I want to ask what sort of spanner in the works is that, I mean, it drops out. Tech, is technology or is um, it? Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I go on live sometimes and sometimes it tells me or it just assumes that I'm trying to sell something. So it puts you on like Facebook Marketplace. And I, and I do nothing different. I literally go on, go on to a post, click live, and then it says, what would you like to sell? And I can't go any further. Like yeah. mm. and, and then I just literally, and it hasn't happened in a while. And look, a spanner in the works is like maybe once a month, once every six weeks at the very most. Yeah. And um, I have to say it's only happened to me that none of my other instructors have ever had the problem. So maybe it's something I'm doing. I don't know. Um, and just the music rights and things like that. Yeah. So, um, sorry. So. You started off with these 15 women coming to like a, a place face-to-face and then yeah. now you've grown that community. So how, I mean, I remember from when I listened to you talk, but tell our audience like how wide you you spread this now and how many people you have involved in this community. Um, look, there's no uh, barrier to who who signs up. We've got people over east Um We've got someone in the Solomon Islands. Um, so, yeah, over east and up far north as well. It's just a case of whoever wants to can hop in. And the over east, you know, they, they obviously don't get the live. Um, that timing is a little bit difficult. Mm. Um, so we're still working on that. You know, I get up early, but I don't know whether I could get up at four o'clock to exercise for a six o'clock start over east just yet what, yeah fair enough and what sort of like um equipment does someone need at home to be involved the most we ever ask them to have is some dumbbells and um it sounds cliched but if they don't have dumbbells dumbbells well just go into your pantry and get can of baked beans right yeah. you can work just as hard um with a can of baked beans in each hand than you can <laughs> with a 20 kilo weight if, if it's done properly and maybe um a step now and then but again it's if you don't have it then all of my instructors and myself we just go if you don't have a step do it this way if you do do it this way and that's it and, just and it so i mean i gather that from the the 15 that you started with a big part of that was not was obviously movement why they joined but i'm assuming that they got a lot of like friendship and commit like connection with people and and how does that work in the online space I mean, there's no, nothing beats face-to-face, does it? You know, mm. um, especially when you're talking um, about mental health or trying to be it be in that um, area. But I think online is a, is a close, close, close mm. as ever you ever get. And so it's just a case of um, I do the workouts. We always have a little bit of a chat. I'm very personal, like, when it comes on, I meet and greet people. Um, and then every 
sort of four to six weeks, I'll just say, oh, come on for a cuppa, like, let's all get together and I'll do a talk about something, either um, mental health or physical health. And I always say, you know, if you want to talk about something, then send it my way and then we'll have a discussion. Um, and we might just throw a question now and then on the group and get someone to answer. There are some women in there that just want to do their workout and go. And yeah. that is absolutely fine. There is no pressure to, to talk or, or anything like that. Um, but there are others that love to have a chat and, and want to know more and are really encouraging of everyone else. And that's the thing I love. Um, there is, you know, they, they're just so encouraging, even of what I'm achieving or one of my instructors is doing or something, you know, it's such a level playing field. Mm. Uh, and I think that's the most important thing is, is that it's really inclusive and it's just really comfortable to be, to be in. And so it's just about talking. I think talking as well as movement is key. I actually run a yoga class like that. I've been doing it for 22 years. And anytime there's an 80-year-old birthday or a new um, child born, I ask them to bring a bottle of um, champagne. And in the yoga class, we have a tiny little bit each. But there's a gaggle and a giggle before, after and often during. And um, sometimes lately we've been bringing a non-alcoholic champagne, which is actually a better idea. But um, I just think... I know exactly what you mean because I've been doing mine for 22 years and it's it's not your typical yoga class. It's it's more of a community or a family. As you yeah. Said. yeah. Well, um, I was just wondering, how, do people pay for it or how does, that, how does that work? How do you finance it? Yeah, so I am a, a privately run company. Um, I, I keep toying with the idea of going through the non-for-profit, um, but at the moment I have my own farm life family to look after. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so it's a monthly for the community, which is the online workouts. It's a, um, a monthly pit fee, which is $60 a month, and that gets them every single workout. And there's about 400 workouts on there for them to choose from as well. That's wonderful. Yeah, I've just up, every single one we just upload and put it on there. And is it three days a week that you offer it or five? Five. 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 And then so there's a high intensity there's sort of a toning layer intensity and then there's a yoga pilates style so how many how many did you um do those three different styles every day or one we kind of mix it up so uh, my instructor for yoga she can only do thursdays so that's her spot and then my high intensity instructor she normally does wednesday and friday and then I'll do um, a Monday and Tuesday. If I can't, my sister is actually in England. She's a qualified Pilates instructor. So she is part of oh, the wonderful. team. Um, so she'll hop on, obviously time difference. She'll do it live in her time and then it'll be ready for them in the morning. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, we can't try and keep it consistent, yeah. but not too consistent yeah. in case life gets in the way. And one but of it's my also good that you don't do it all yourself because that would be quite a commitment five days a week. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'm just I'm I'm still recovering from a knee injury, so my whole workout lifestyle exercises change completely. Anyway, I've um, actually recently joined a Pilates program because I've got to have spinal surgery next year, and I've actually found it, it's it's a 45 minute workout, and it goes so fast. It's about the perfect time. I've always yeah. done my classes for an hour. Lots of yoga classes are 75. That goes yeah, yeah. a second hour, really. So, how long are your sessions for? 30 minutes. Which, okay. yeah, which is perfect and then I say yeah. you know just tack on another one if you want to occasionally I'll do a bonus Saturday and we might do an hour's yeah. workout and I just, think that that makes it doable if it's 30 yeah. minutes 45 mm. don't you think especially when you have kids and stuff like that to, yeah. to deal with them 
And you're better off, you know, that's what I always say to people, you're better off doing something consistently than setting these goals that are unrealistic, you know, like not many people can find an hour and a half for a yoga class, but you can find 45 minutes for one or, yeah. 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 And I always say that to people, you know, and that's why playback was so important and just there's this thing that oh, you should do exercise in the morning because it's the best time. It's the best way to start your day. But I say to people, well, if you don't like doing it, don't do it. Like why? I mean, why should morning you people and people, yeah, yeah, you can fit it in somewhere else. Yeah, do it when you want to do it. My favorite time to exercise is actually about three o'clock in the afternoon. I love it. Um, and I'm like, well, that's what I do because then I really enjoy it. But yeah. if you don't want to do it at six, don't don't do it to prove. You shouldn't do anything to prove a point. No. Um, prove someone else's needs uh, are fulfilled when we're actually needing our own to be yeah exactly <laughs> totally and so that's you know just fit it in at a time that suits you and done there's no pressure mm. so. can I just ask I just love the concept so much do you get as I get I open my class to men as well as women my Saturday class is dedicated to men but actually oh, cool. women can come yeah but during the week it's dedicated to women and men can come so do you get men wanting to drop in or do that when I first started it, I opened it up as uh, men and women. Yeah. Then it's just organically grown into a women's only group. And I and I was a bit resistant at first because I don't like the us and them concept. Yeah. But the more, the more I do what I do, the more I talk, the more I learn. And I think I said this on that evening is that, you know, women and not men in smaller bodies and vice versa. So we've got different needs. And I think because it's online, I think I don't think I'd be giving them the the best that I can because I I can't see them or anything. So if I can just keep it a bit more women in this group and then I'm really looking at rolling out um, a men's group, like a trial group, Mm. because I have had a few people in the past come in. Um, And, and, you know, the thing with Facebook is, you could because you can't see anyone. Mm. I, mean, I could be exercising on my own. People could just be there like flicking on and not doing anything. I just take it good faith that they are joining me. Uh, <laughs> I so, don't think they're paying $60 a month to do nothing. But I <laughs> we also just think Facebook is such an easy, accessible thing because yes. like I mentioned Beam and Beam are from the NHS system and they align with the Royal Marston. But the technology that was required and all the layers of infrastructure to get it going meant it didn't happen. Yeah, but yeah. they are an awesome thing if you want to take it to the next level. It's Beam um, Exercise Online Program, and they do specific things for chronic illness, and they, they are awesome. But it's just another level, way, way, way above what yeah. I do across charity as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you do, I think you've got to keep it simple because I don't want to be stressing about it. Um, you know, I don't and. I just want to keep it as simple as possible. But I also sometimes find that Facebook is a distraction. Yeah. I think you probably find that you, what, what you're doing works so well that it's probably the best way to keep going. Because yeah. just reflecting on consults that we did during COVID. So Melissa and I didn't really know each other because we were always in separate little quarters seeing patients. But because of COVID, we suddenly got in the corridors, empty corridors with no patients, and we got to get to know one another. So we yeah. had patients to see. But we were supposed to Zoom our cons- our patients and our consultations have video link and in physiotherapy we weren't allowed to get any cover through our health funds and it was video and many people didn't have access to zoom or that technology or facetime on their phone and yet they still needed it and i can't tell you how frustrating it was to have all these people set up and for all the technology to then fail and we couldn't we spent 
at least 20 minutes of a 30-minute consultation faffing around we're trying to get them to download Zoom. It just didn't work for the population the age group. So yeah. I opened it and reduced my fees because that was the only way we could actually, you know, access the care. So, you know, it's amazing how actually the simpler things are sometimes. It sounds oh, to me like it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. So, Louise, have you got some like any kind of like a case study of someone who joined and then how they've, like you could tell us about someone's story about like how they've gone? Um, do you know, I just, there, I don't think any, when we're talking about the community, I don't think there's one single woman in there that hasn't benefited and I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but you can, you can see because, you know, the feedback we get is that I'm just so much more motivated. They yeah. don't want to miss a class. They might hate it in the winter, getting up early in the morning, but they're really glad they did and they feel stronger. But, you know, when they say that, when I have a chat to them, they're like, I have one in particular and she's a farmer and she, um, her and her husband, they farm together, but she is on the ground. She is in that header, four o'clock in the morning, um, managing their children as well and and doing everything. And she's like, I just am so much clearer in my head, but I'm able to allow myself the time guilt-free and that's the most important thing is giving back to themselves guilt-free yeah Um, and I think for men as well you know when I talk to men um they always come and say oh I want some physical exercise and but my rule of thumb is that we have to do some talking we have to find out why you want to do this physical exercise I'm not just going to give you a program and then nine times out of ten those uh coaching calls turn into talking and I did have uh, one uh, person who was very, very close to going beyond the black hole that Warren found himself in. Mm-hmm. And we talked for a really long time. And um, it's really lovely because they messaged not too long ago and said, like, I have my emergency first aid toolbox. I know what to do. And I'm just so thankful. And and that to me is one of the best. And, and, it, and it was purely through talking. It was purely yeah. through that online space. And so I think... I don't have any case studies per se, but I know and most of the women in the group, they're consistent and they've been with me for... And they wouldn't be coming years. back. Exactly. They and and they've stayed for two mm-hmm. years. And, and you know, the, the guys I speak to online, they their change in them is amazing. You know, they're willing to, to sit and, and let me talk about grounding and emotions and... Um, right. let's let's peel away layers and stuff like that and let's talk about time management uh, and stuff with the um counseling that you do that's an additional service i gather um yeah you do one-on-one yeah it's um i don't i've just got my degree in psychology and counseling i don't really call myself an outright counselor because i haven't figured that part out yet but i don't think that really matters because i think i genuinely think that the guys will open up once they know that I get it. I, I tell mm. my story and they're very aware. Some of them are very aware of our story and stuff like that. And um, if you don't go in too heavy or anything and then they, and I don't think they care whether I call myself a counsellor or a rural strategist or Louise O'Neill. I think they just care that they have this private space yeah. and they can talk, but yeah, it's, it's just a, like, another part of farm life is the one-on-one coaching um, and that can be mental or physical mm-hmm. coaching as well that's so wonderful can I just ask a couple of questions over the years I've got to work with um, regional men's health and Owen Cato do you ever partner up with them or 
No, I really, really want to. They're on my list and I've reached out a couple of times, but I think the timing hasn't um, been been great. And I don't know if they didn't really, I wasn't really on the map when I, well, radar when I first no. reached out to well, them. We, so. We've actually going to tee up with them. We were meant to, Melissa and I, tee up with them this year to do, take the podcast, Penis Project podcast on the road. And we were going to go wherever we were and vice versa. We had a, it all mapped out for the year, but that became COVID interrupted. So I'm okay. sure we can make sure we link in together with you. Um, yeah. And then secondly, I was really quite overwhelmed when I was in Mackenbooden. Um, I'd always wanted to go to Mackenbooden. It was actually a bucket list for me because as a kid, that town on the map was somewhere I had to go. And I, I went there for the first time this year. Yeah. It was so unaware that that was the home of the blue tree project yes with jade and white and and i just thought wow this wheat belt community is so incredibly strong the stories i met i know the the men shed in and the community shed in muckenboot and there is so much heart out there yeah oh there is and and i and i don't think it's just the wheat belt i think it's any rural community i spoke to people like you just it's a connection and, and you know, you have to prove yourself, but especially for me coming into it, yeah. you know, I was originally from England, um, but if you, if, you, if you get involved, then they welcome you with open arms and there is a strength. Um, I, I don't want to say too much, but there was uh, uh, are going through quite a hard time at the moment and um, they're dealing with it in their own way but they're all together as yeah. well. Manning yeah. particularly is another one like Maka, yeah, um, yeah. where they really, really wrap their arms around each other and mm. you find you find the comfort and and the relationships in places sometimes you didn't even think. I so, I so agree with you because yeah. even the lady in Muckenboot in selling coffee, she said, I work seven days a week because no one else provides coffee. And I said, how do you do that? She said, can't get any backpackers but I won't let people come to my town and not get a coffee (laughs) yeah exactly and you know on the outside it's just a coffee but it's not just a coffee is it because it's a place they can go to get a coffee yeah they're standing waiting for the coffee you know how how amazing can a 30 second conversation be while they're waiting for a coffee well sometimes it's the only person someone's actually seen in the flesh all day you know And I think that's, you know, that connection is so important. I mean, I've lived in a lot of, I spent most of my life living in rural and remote places and I think they can be the best and the worst places to live. The best in that you're never really lonely because there's always someone, but then sometimes you do want space and that's hard as well. So I think having this online service that you're offering is so good as well because you can go outside of your little community and connect with other people as well as being within that community. And I think that's such an amazing opportunity for someone who lives in a very small place. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, and I I just think, and I can't remember whether I said this again that night, but again, and, and I don't want to generalise between men and women, but men do find it harder to talk. We mm. know that and they're, you know, there's even things in how you should light a room or how you should face a man when they talk. And I think it's because sometimes it's too close. And so sometimes online it can give them the space that they need to feel comfortable. Whereas other people will say, oh, I can't do it online. It's too impersonal. But for some of the yeah. guys, I've had, they're like, I kind of it's like it. It's a screen. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and you know like sometimes it can be hard to really read what they're saying but that's also a, a nice thing for them as well because they're, they're not thinking that someone is just really intensely looking at them and observing every single thing mm -hmm. that they do they can turn their um I give them the option if they want you to turn their camera off if they really don't want to have that yeah. face staring at them just turn it off mate like and and just chat like that's all you need to do and also they're going to pour their heart out to you and chat and then they're not going to bump into you at the coffee shop tomorrow exactly yeah and I always say that as well like you have com obviously complete anonymity um that you are safe in the knowledge that the likelihood of us meeting anytime soon is is really 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 slim plus yeah. like I'm with faces so I yeah. probably wouldn't remember. You know but, what, Louise, that was actually the goal of our podcast, too, to try and create a conversation that felt safe for men. And well, it's obviously worked, hasn't it? Because it's so successful. Mm. But also that why I think by having men have an opportunity to talk outside of their marriage and outside of their um I guess their guard, they have to have their guard up sometimes that they have the opportunity to to breathe a little bit and to be able to say, Oh, I'm not isolated and I don't have to necessarily share this burden with my wife again and again and yeah. again and so yeah. actually we know that if men are more comfortable talking about their problems or understanding their problems they're probably going to be better in their relationships too yeah so yeah it's not going to affect women regardless and i'd say exactly the same is happening for what you do for the women in your group yeah right. yeah definitely and, and I, there is also there's I think it's so hard when you're in a relationship, whatever the relationship looks like, and then you are in something like farming, which is so intense, and then you're in a rural location, which can be um, very isolating. And sometimes, you know, like you said you might only see that coffee person, but you might it might just be you and your husband. You know, like we live 45 minutes out, so it's not like I can just hop in my car and go and see my neighbour who happens to be my friend. It was a nice and a lot of time together. And it's really nice, but God, we all need a break from each other. And but I think you can't just say that without causing offense. So having someone to say that to and then yeah. me validate and go, totally fine. Like that's really healthy actually yeah. to, to have that break, to have that time apart. It makes for a better relationship anyway. Mm. But don't feel guilty about it or there's no way that they're they're they would ever hear about it but this is your space and just that separation that you probably don't get because of where we are and, and how we live mm. so louise if we did happen to have people listening in a in a metropolitan area and they were like hey i want to join or you know because i think as well there's a lot of like farmers and fishermen and things that have retired to cities and but they still have that mentality of a country person. Mm, that's very important. Yeah. Would they be able to link in? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are devoted to rural locations and vocations, but at the same time, and I don't want this to sound corny, I don't, we would never turn down anyone if their desire was to move more or to improve their mental and physical health. Like, absolutely not, because it's a game changer, isn't it? And um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, we... It's the same process, go on the website, have a chat to me, and we always find something that works and definitely the more the merrier, I say. And and you can just bring different experiences in them and different outlooks. And like you said, some of them may have come from rural life. It's a massive change mm. for them to go into that and no, like, stuck in those routines and habits. So 
yeah, definitely. Bring them on. Yeah, because you can actually be lonelier living in a place with millions of people than you can in a place with 10. So Definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's just rural. It's just very close to my heart and it always will be. But, um, yeah, were you not... from England or were you a city girl from England? In between, not as rural as I am now, um, but um, I have never felt more at home than I have in Denmark now. Um, and I openly, yeah. very happily say that. To be, mm-hmm. I just have my parents have just gone back to England, and I'm like, yeah, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to go back with them or anything like that. No, that's that's good to know too, isn't it? Thank you so much for sharing your story and for starting such an amazing community for people. It's fantastic. So thank you, and we will put all the links in the show notes for our listeners. And I know we do have a lot of rural and remote people listening um, because they contact us a lot on our on our emails. So hopefully some of them will either get in contact with some one-on-one coaching or join in with the fitness classes. Because I think, sorry, that was one other thing I did want to say in this is I think often people living in r- rural communities think they're exercising because their job is kind of physical, but it's not really exercising, you know jumping up in and out of the tractor is an exercise and you know I don't know it is definitely a start but you know you guys know that resistance work resistance work is really important especially as we age you know things like bone density and and everything like that is super important and we're not going to get that from jumping up and down from a header it's going to help a little bit and it's certainly going to keep us strong but just to get that proper movement in I do think is incredibly important yeah Mm. So is there anything we haven't asked you that you were hoping that you would be able to tell the audience today? No. No, I don't. I'm a very open book, so you could ask me anything. It wouldn't bother me. Um, (laughs) I I can't think of anything. I I bet I will, like at three o'clock tonight. I'll go, damn it, I wish they'd asked me that. But no, I don't. Email it and I'll put it in the show notes. Q&A, loose well, Q&A. It was lovely to meet you in person last week and thank you so much for meeting with Joe and I today and it's great and we'll look forward to you hopefully sharing this with your networks as well. And we're going to put this one on YouTube so there'll be some visual content because mm. we don't do a lot of those. So thank you for that opportunity. Oh, God, I probably like squirmed around heaps and everything like that. I know, you, it's all very conversational. That's what we want. <laughs> I'll send it to you first, Louise, and if you don't want, we won't put it up. <laughs> oh, I'm not fussed. I really don't care. But thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And it was a pleasure to meet you last week as well. Right. Thanks, Louise. Thank you so much. See ya. See ya. Bye. Tell you about a boy who lives inside me. It's been there all of my life. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Just a reminder if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, I've built a penile rehabilitation program just for you. It's an online program packed with information, exercises and advice along with proven strategies that will get your penis back in working order as quickly as possible in about 15 minutes a day. If you like the sound of that, then please head over to penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you can start straight away or there's a link from the RS Health website. We would also love you to review and subscribe and share this podcast so we can help more men. Links to Instagram and Facebook are in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. So spread the word that help is available. All the best for now. Bye.
of my own now It fills me with pride To see him growing so fast into a man His victories become mine